one constant through all the years, Ray. It's been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Oh, I hurt that so much. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, and you on this Saturday morning. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com You can give them a call, 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. You can find out more about us at our website, btgprogram.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or any other social media platform practically at BTG program. It's Marshawn Lynch's world and the rest of us are just living in it, man. He it's his world. Seattle star running back to one time Buffalo Bill, ever the company guy, always willing to show the NFL how much he appreciates the opportunity to work in the league. Many of you know announced his retirement during the league's biggest event the Super Bowl, by mm-hmm. posting a picture to social media of a pair of cleats hanging on a wire or hung up on a wall or something to that effect. Almost as if he's taking one last shot at the NFL on his way out the door. Now it appears that the Seattle Seahawks will not seek any of Lynch's bonus money, despite him not having fulfilled the final two years of his contract. Pretty nice of them. Must be great to work for the Seattle Seahawks. It's been reported that the Seahawks... They could have asked for five million back of the seven or what was seven and a half million bonus that he got by not asking for it. If I'm not mistaken, they take a cap hit of two and a half million in each of the two seasons by not asking for it. So I don't. I guess I don't understand why you wouldn't ask for it back if you have to take a hit against it. But they've opted not to do that. I'm sure they would do that for any of their employees in the front office or in the concessions or any there if they give him a bonus i'm sure they wouldn't ask for it back well clearly he and the seahawks must be on better terms than he and the league are i was hoping they would ask for some of the money back because i could just see him showing up and paying them back with like two million dollars worth of skittles or something you wonder if it's a case of just whatever man take the money go away Mm, you know no doubt he comes with baggage and can be a bit of a handful at times he's he's a good running back uh, but this is not a running back league anymore. This is a passing league, and you need a quality running back to uh, enhance your passing game. But I don't can't think of one team that relies on a running game. And after all, the Seahawks do have Thomas Rawls, who prior to breaking an ankle, he was um, I can't remember if he if he went down in late November or if it was in December that he went. But he was averaging over five yards a carry. Yeah, projected over a full season, he would have had sixteen hundred yards. They have him under contract for something like five hundred thousand dollars. Or uh, he was undrafted, if I remember correctly. He was and a steal. Another great game in college basketball the other night in the long-standing rivalry between Duke and North Carolina. Everyone knows at least one Carolina fan, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the world knows one. 
and everyone knows at least one Carolina fan who hardly ever wears anything without a Tar Heel logo, and, and who never stops with the smack talk, right? In fact, right now, you're probably picturing in your head that Tar Heel fan. How great was it the other night when number 20 Duke, who only recently jumped back into the standings, defeated Number five, North Carolina, seventy-four to seventy-three. It actually wasn't that great because I know Duke fans like that too. So I was going to hear a bunch of obnoxious smack talk from one side or the other. Either I, way, I do know Duke fans, but I I don't know as many that wear the gear all the time. I don't know of any play. Well, maybe Yankee fans that wear their gear more than North Carolina fans. Every piece of clothing seems to have a Tar Heel logo on it. Here's one tweet from the other day. So he just sort of sums it up. Guy tweets out, UNC Duke tonight. Not that there's even going to be much of a competition this year, but still. Hashtag game time. Hashtag go heels. Hashtag UNC. That's way too many hashtags. It turned out it was quite a competitive game. Do you know how many national championships they've won? I don't. Five. For all the smack talk, that, well, I say that. They've won five tournament championships. They have one championship from, like, in the 1920s that was given retroactively. So I guess technically they have six national championships but five tournament wins. I'm sorry. For all the talk Carolina fans do, that's not a whole heck of a lot of wins. They've won in 57. They won in 82, 93, 2005, 2009. So for many Carolina fans, they've only been alive for two or three of these championship seasons. Mm -hmm. Yet they carry on. They're the New York Yankees or the Montreal Canadiens or something. We're guest-free today on the show, so it's just you and us for the balance of the hour ahead. This is boring. We're going to talk about Peyton Manning and the numerous social media postings I saw regarding his faith and what a good example he is. Well, how do you feel now after the beer comments and the sexual assault allegations? Not going to pick on Peyton, but just, just because an athlete thanks God. Does that make them a believer? We'll talk about that a little later in the show. We're also going to introduce a new segment this week, the BTG Draft. We're going to draft some sports announcers. So stick around to find out who's the number one pick. And, of course, we're going to do some segments that many of you are telling us that you enjoy. We'll do shenanigans. We'll do Pests of the Week. And I'm going to tell you what frosts my fanny. All that and more coming up this week on Beyond the Game. Everyone, listen up. We have said it time and time again on this show, and it's never been more true than right now. Our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, and we would say this even if they weren't giving us money because they're the best, just not as often. They have a solution for you. Are stink bugs bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape from the cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs or know someone that does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They will be in and out, inconveniencing you a lot less than those pesky critters have. And unlike some other popular pest control companies in the area, Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. They also won't make you leave your house for days and weeks. A few hours at the very most is all they need. Don't delay. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. 
This February, prepare to witness the miracle that changed the world forever. The Nazarene city rise again after three days. Through the eyes of a non-believer. Risen, starring Joseph Fiennes. The tomb is sealed, guarded with your life. The most important manhunt in history was just beginning. The body has vanished. His tomb is empty. Oh, Nazi. You tell me. Risen, now playing. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. For tickets and showtimes, go to risen-movie.com. Welcome to Burger King. Hey, I'm legit hungry. What you guys got on this um, two-for-five deal? How about Burger King's new extra-long fish sandwich? Tender, flaky fish with a light, crispy breading. Just two for five dollars. Extra-long, but still two for five. Yep, or you could mix and match with other great sandwiches, like our new extra-long buttery cheeseburger. It's all part of Burger King's two-for-five dollar deal. That's perfect. So perfect, I'm doing a dance back here. The new Extra Long Fish Sandwich, now part of the two-for-five dollar deal, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price of participation vary. Are you waiting for me to talk? Yeah, I'll, but, just, I'll just let this play all day long. Yeah, we could keep waiting. <laughs> Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Benson and Barletta with you at BTG Program. So how's it going, UT? Volunteer orange, man, it's been more like target red over the last few <laughs> weeks. Almost 20-year-old allegations against the school and its star Peyton Manning resurfaced just after the Super Bowl. I'm going to touch on that a little later. Last week, a lawsuit was filed against the school for allegedly creating a hostile sexual environment that favors student-athletes. Then earlier this week, a former offensive lineman, Mark Crowder, was arrested in a minor sex sting. The heck is a minor sex sting? Isn't it either sex or not sex? Is it sex with a minor? I don't understand what... I, I don't know, because when I read it, it, it was minor in quotes. It seems like it's either a sex sting or not a sex sting, but it, isn't every sex sting a major... I don't, it, I don't it know. It would seem to me. And after all that, though, junior college defensive tackle transfer Alexis Johnson has now been suspended by the program after being arrested on charges of aggravated assault and false imprisonment. Johnson's alleged to have choked a woman that he used to date. And while I can understand that at times, <laughs> it's not cool to do. <laughs> I can understand why you said used to date. Yeah, Listen, and a lot of times they've wanted to choke me too. A witness claims it appeared that he had even punched the victim and that the woman had a busted lip. Listen, not cool. I shouldn't even be joking about it. And Johnson's not even yet played with the Volunteers. He transferred in December as a four-star junior college recruit. Yeah, that's not working out. The University of Tennessee is in deep. Good luck with all that. Speaking of bad behavior, though, the NHL continues to shoot itself in the foot. While hockey fan is wildly passionate, you're a hockey fan, you're wildly mm. passionate about the sport. But the league lags behind, quite a distance behind the other, you know, in popularity behind the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. And, of course, one of the league's premier franchises, the Montreal Canadiens. They're winning as franchise. They can't get out of their own way. They got off to that superb start, just an outstanding start. Mm -hmm. And then just as hot a start they've they got out to, they've slumped in similar fashion. They've been... Awful. 
Yeah. So it's been high highs and low lows for them. It's what a season. Earlier this week, Coach Michelle Tarian refused to play PK Subban late in the game when trailing by just one goal. He's their. <laughs> he's, he's the guy you want out there. He's their best player. The team's leading scorer. He's a fan favorite. Why is he not on the ice? But you know, you see this all the time with coaches who are about to get fired, who can feel the seat getting warmer underneath them, where they decide, I'm going to show that I'm the disciplinarian, I'm going to show that I have control of this team, and I'm going to lay down the law, and it never works. But this is what you always see right before a coach gets fired. Well, you're right, and it wasn't even this big, like, Subban was breaking laws. He, he, the, The benching was because he slipped on the ice. He had the puck. I guess he was out of position, but he slipped and fell, gave up possession of the puck, and it led to what was the game-winning goal for the Colorado Avalanche. Terrian said after the game that an individual mistake cost us the game late in the game. <laughs> Just throwing your guy, your best guy, under the bus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's real good for the game to have one of the premier teams not putting its best players on the ice. That's good. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Dennis Weidman situation. Of course, you remember Weidman cross-checked an official from behind, claims he didn't see him. Appeal. He's now appealed to a third-party arbitrator after his 20-game suspension was upheld by the league. Man, you hit a ref. You hit a ref. I, I even pleaded your case. I said, listen, this is a guy that doesn't have a history of this. But you hit a ref. You, you got to have some suspension. You can't expect to walk away scot-free. I mean, if you did, you're going to be opening up a Pandora's box. And for me, it wasn't even so much that he cross-checked the ref, who, by the way, went face-first into the boards on his way down. It was a vicious hit. But it was to me, it was the fact that Weidman's almost down below the goal line, and he skates all the way up to the neutral zone targeting this referee. I mean, it, it took him a while to get yeah, there. I, I, Personally, I don't believe his story. He didn't see him. He, he, you know, I was foggy. What I don't buy any of that. Nope. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, I mean, how do I know for sure? But Weidman has to realize there's going to be some penalty. It seems to me like he's almost taking a page out of Cam Newton's book, and he's just going to dig in and draw his line, and he's willing to play the villain if he needs to. But you have to be kidding me if he doesn't think he doomed himself by texting a friend that, the only problem and the only reason I'm here is because the stupid rest and the stupid media. You're here because you cross-checked a referee into the boards. That's why you're here. The, you're... the media and the refs didn't do that. You did. And then, of course, there's the Radko Gouda situation, which is the biggest black eye for the league. The league's handling of this its not only ridiculous, it's irresponsible. The other night, he was given another match penalty for a, a hit that... If you're asking me, it seems clearly intended to injure another player. Mm-hmm. The in-game penalty is obviously not enough because he's not changed his play in any way, shape, or form. And he's still not considered by the league safety office to be a repeat offender, which blows my mind. Yours and everybody else's, except the league, apparently. It's it's. I'm running out of adjectives for it. He's it's put just ridiculous. three players out of action. Three players out of action, and he's only been given one suspension for those hits. So what we have, we've got a coach, we've got a player, and we've got a league unable or maybe perhaps unwilling to show leadership skills, clearly focused on whatever's best suiting for them. Terrian, the coach, he's doing what's best for him by sitting Subban. It's obviously not best for the team. That's their best player. You got Weidman, who 
you're guilty, man. You're going to have some some type of suspension, but you're going to appeal. You're going to drag this thing out. Everybody gets drugged through the mud because it's what you think is best for you. And then you got the league not willing to do anything here. And I don't even know why in that situation. But obviously people are focused on what suits them, but they also need to consider what's at stake for those around them. I worked for a furniture store. The owner had left the business to his sons, but he still worked during the summers when he was home uh, home in New York State from Florida. He wintered in Florida. His name was Dave. The name of the store was D&M Furniture. He would always tell me, I remember it to this day. This is years and years ago. I was, oh, I was in my 20s at the time. He would tell me that he would always think about what's best for Dave, but he would also think about what's best for D&M, and if they were not the same thing, he would go with what was best for the business. Which brings me to Philippians 2.4, which says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul doesn't tell us that it's wrong to look out for our own interests, but he says we should not only look out for our own interests. In the passage, Paul's pleading with the church for unity, for the sake of the church, be unified. And the NHL desperately needs unity. These, I mean, they need a leader. They need a commissioner who understands that. And I don't know, listen, I don't think Gary Bettman's the answer. Nope. Paul goes on to tell the church to have the mind of Christ in that passage in Philippians chapter uh, chapter 2. Christ had the humility that though he was equal to God, I mean, he was God after all, but he came to serve and he came to give his life as a ransom for sinful people like you and I. Benton and Barletta with you on a Saturday morning. This is Beyond the Game. I've been telling you about McAfee's remodeling company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The new self-titled album from the Derringers is now available on iTunes and Spotify. Hills and frontier homes, I smile With haunting lyrics which reveal the passion behind each song, their harmonies and acoustic styling blend together superbly for a unique sound that feels like home. Download the Derringers today. The five-song EP is just $4.95 and available now on iTunes and Spotify. This February, prepare to witness the miracle that changed the world forever. The Nazarene said he'd rise again after three days. Through the eyes of a non-believer. Risen, starring Joseph Fiennes. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. The most important manhunt in history was just beginning. The body has vanished. His tomb is empty. Oh, that's it. You tell me. Risen, now playing. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. For tickets and showtimes, go to risen-movie.com. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a geographically challenged rock band delivering a commencement speech. 
kids, here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but Progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland. I mean, Kansas City. Uh, New York? Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats. No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. Welcome back to the show. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I've been looking forward to this segment now for a little, little over a couple of weeks as we've been kicking this idea around. We're going to do a BTG draft. That's going to be a new segment to the show. We can draft any millions of things. But in this instance, we're going to draft our favorite sports announcers. This will we, be fun. I, I think it'll be kind of an interesting segment, kind of a fun thing to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to flip a coin. Zach, you make the call. Go ahead. Call it. Let's go Tails. It is Tails. So tails you never get fails. the first pick. And what I should point out is this is not necessarily going to be Zach and I's three favorite announcers because if he picks my favorite right away, my favorite then is off the board. So We're going uh, best player available. With the first overall pick in the draft, Zach takes Vin Scully. Matheny showered, ready to go to class for the first day. Walked out of the dormitory, stomach knotted, and a pigeon defecated directly on his head. Only Vince Scully could make that sound classy. He's the best. I tell you, those that voice is so unique. So you took Vince Scully. That's exactly where I was going to go. With Vince Scully off the board then, I'm taking Brent Musburger as my first-round pick. You are looking live at the Los Angeles Coliseum. Of course, who doesn't love Musburger on a Saturday afternoon watching college football? So, to recap, first round, Zach took Vin Scully. I took Brent Musburger. With the first pick in the second round, I've got Mike Tirico. The game's final play is a Wilson lob to the end zone, which is... By Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! One guy goes up, touchdown. The other said no time. Has to be looked at because it's a score. That was the fail Mary play. Remember that? That was yeah. Tarico calling the that, fail that's Mary. That's another great pick. And and Mike Tarico is terrific. I don't think he gets enough credit for as good as he is. Now I should say this. I didn't qualify this at the beginning. We're just picking announcers. And, of course, it makes a big difference if you're talking about college football or if you're talking about boxing or if you're if it's tennis. These are all going to be different guys that you would pick. So we didn't qualify any of that. We just, we're just picking guys. Now, for example, I picked only active broadcasters, but I have a feeling that some of yours are more historical, having had more experience than me. That's a nice way to say I'm old. Yeah, I was stumbling over how to say that. <laughs> But anyways, that's good. That's good. There will be some difference between our picks. Then then my pick in the second round is going to be Jim McKay. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World Sports. 
There you have the classic opening to Wide World of Sports. And, of course, Jim McKay did numerous Olympic games. Moving on to the third round, Zach takes Al Michaels. Well done, you. Another very strong pick with Al Michaels. And, of course, probably always going to be known for that Miracle on Ice call, Do You Believe in Miracles? Mm-hmm. That's a classic, great sports call. But the 1989 World Series, and we have that clip, which is really the professionalism of Al Michaels in this situation. Remember, there was an earthquake in San Francisco during the World Series, and they were on the air when it happens. So they're coming back, and we're going to play this clip. They're coming back. They're flustering, kind of, hey, man, what just happened? Remember, an earthquake just occurred. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we're on the air. We are in commercial, I guess. Yes, yes, we hear you. I guess I don't hear a thing. I guess Dave Parker. So good pick, Zach, with Al Michaels. Zach's first picks, he he drafted Vin Scully, Mike Tirico, Al Michaels. I have picked Brent Musburger, Jim McKay, and now I'm stuck. There's so many great announcers. If this was just college football, I'd probably go Keith Jackson. If it was just baseball, I might go Mel Allen here. But I think I'm going to go with my third pick, Howard Cosell. Ooh, good one. And we have a clip of Howard Cosell doing Monday Night Football the night John Lennon was assassinated. And he tells the world what just happened. John Smith is on the line. And I don't care what's on the line, Howard. You have got to say what we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. And I don't think I did a good job setting that up because what you need to know is that game was on the line. You hear Frank Gifford in the beginning of the of the clip talking about it being on the line. This was late in the game. It was a Monday night football game, uh, Dolphins-Patriots, I think, and the game was tied, and he was coming on the field for a game-winning kick, and yet here they are telling the world about John Lennon. So there you have it, our very first BTG draft. We just drafted announcers, and we may pick this up in a couple of weeks, because there's so many more. It might be interesting to do this a year from now and see if our picks are the same, or do it Mm -hmm. again in a couple of weeks and pick up with maybe four, five, and six. But Zach took Vin Scully, Mike Tirico, Al Michaels. I've got Brent Musburger, Jim McKay, and Howard Cosell. You know, that was a lot of fun, and maybe next time we do a draft, we could even draft something like the most iconic sports calls of all time, not just the broadcasters, but the actual events. 
Yeah, the announcers, you would take over a history, you know, their whole body of work, but one call, like, for instance, Vince Scully, his body of work is great, but even if it was just that call of Kirk Gibson's home run, mm-hmm. that would that would be an iconic call. That's going to be up there. Absolutely. You know, and, of course, we played the Al Michaels Miracle on Ice call, but that that would be another one. But let me tell you, Zach, what frosts my fanny this week. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. And that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. Have you seen the commercial for this thing called Ring Doorbells? I have no idea what that is. It's a video system. It allows you to see who's at your door on your cell phone, no matter where you are. And this was originally what I was going to tell you about that a frosted my fanny. And I only thought of it because it just came on TV. I saw the commercial for it. And, well, I guess I'm this far into it. I sort of have to finish the thought. The commercial shows a guy coming to the door, claiming to be giving out free estimates for one thing or another. But then it shows a woman who's obviously not at home looking at her cell phone answering the bell by telling the guy she's bathing the children right then. Why are you lying to the guy? Yeah, and why, why is that the thing that you're telling him? That's right. a weird thing to tell him. That It just makes no sense to me. If you're not interested, tell him you're not interested. You probably just gave the guy more information than you wanted to give him. Yeah. just And that's the price you pay for lying. Anyway... <laughs> this liar was going to, and this product she's peddling, that was going to be what really frosted my family, but it's not. Because what's really getting me are animated bat flips. Of course, we talked about this, you'll recall, after Jose Bautista's flip in the playoffs. And I said then that such behavior was going to work its way down the ranks. And of course, people laugh at me. Oh, no, no, you're being, you're just being an old fart. Well, this past week, a video has gone viral celebrating the flip of a kid playing community college. It's an outfielder, and he talks us about it. It is a great flip, but he throws it well up the third base line. It's not too far from the on-deck circle when it lands. How long did that take? It's February. How many games have been played between the playoffs and now? It's February, considering it's been baseball's offseason, mm-hmm. and already we have this guy in community college throwing about now again i'm not trying to be the fun police but here's what's going to happen younger players without the same level of control are going to flip bats and somebody's absolutely going to get hurt Mm -hmm. plus it's going to lead to batters getting plunked in retaliation it's going to lead to fights go ahead tell me and i'm on old whatever but i'm telling you this isn't a good thing keep celebrating keep looking oh it's so cool how it looks or it's just an emotional expression but um, oh, you know, the other one I've heard is, oh, it's exciting. It's going to bring young people to the game, these types of emotional expressions. Baloney. Sooner or later, and more sooner than later, somebody's going to get hurt. George is getting upset! Well, if nothing else, that was therapeutic. Let's take a break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Hey, let me ask you, are you still seeing those pesky stink bugs around your home? Though the weather has been a little milder than normal, if you're still seeing them, it may mean that they found a home with you. Listen, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today 
and they will take care of the problem. And they'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Seeing too many spiders around the house? Call Town & Country. Other creepy, crawly things move in out of the weather? Call Town & Country. Larger noises coming from the attic, walls, or basement? Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Welcome to Burger King. Hey, I'm legit hungry. What you guys got on this um, two-for-five deal? How about Burger King's new extra-long fish sandwich? Tender, flaky fish with a light, crispy breading. Just two for five dollars. Extra-long, but still two-for-five. Yep, or you could mix and match with other great sandwiches, like our new extra-long buttery cheeseburger. It's all part of Burger King's two-for-five dollar deal. That's perfect. So perfect, I'm doing a dance back here. The new extra-long fish sandwich, now part of the two-for-five dollar deal, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price of participation vary. This February, prepare to witness the miracle that changed the world forever. The Nazarene said he'd rise again after three days. Through the eyes of a non-believer. Risen, starring Joseph Fiennes. The tomb is sealed. Guarded with your life. The most important manhunt in history was just beginning. The body has vanished. His tomb is empty. Oh, no, you tell me. Risen, now playing. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. For tickets and showtimes, go to risen-movie.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. I'm Rick Benson, so glad to have you along. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. If you've not visited them online, there's some great information there, but there's some very entertaining videos, and if you watch these videos, you will get the sense that they they truly fear nothing but God. Townandcountrysolutions.com. In the days since the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning has seen his name in the news repeatedly, yet it's not for football, and it's not for speculation as to whether or not he's going to retire. Instead, his name is tied to sexual assault allegations that have resurfaced from nearly 20 years ago. Now, there are likely many who've already formed an opinion in their mind as to his guilt or his innocence in the matter. They form this opinion based on how they already feel about Peyton Manning, or based on race, or based on who their favorite quarterback is, or based on who their favorite team is, they've already determined in their mind whether or not he's guilty or innocent. Frankly, for me, though, it's difficult to know what to think. I think it's really for anybody, it's difficult to know what to think. But part of me wonders why. Why now? Why 20 years later is this coming up again? But there's also a part of me that's heard too many of these stories. Too many times a situation covered up by those who have the position and or the means to do so. Usually this comes at the expense of a victim who's unable to adequately defend themselves against the richer or more powerful and whose integrity and whose reputation will now always be questioned from that point forward. This alleged incident occurred on February 29, 1996, a 19-year-old Peyton Manning, accused to have assaulted Dr. Jamie Nofright, which is now her married name, and forgive me if I've mispronounced that. It's said to have taken place in an athletic training room at the University of Tennessee. 
From what I've read, the alleged incident is not as violent as others we have heard of. May even be more of the adolescent prankster variety, if you will. Doesn't make it any less serious. Doesn't make it any less offensive. Again, an adolescent prankster thing to do makes it a little bit more believable to me. It's easy for me to envision a privileged jock such as Manning taking liberties with a female who he may already feel is there just to serve him anyway. And then to have that made right by a dad with money or a school who wishes to protect their star athlete. I find that easy to believe. I can say it. But this report was dug up by the New York Daily News. 20 years later, a tabloid newspaper known for sensationalism, as evidenced by some of its recent front-page covers. The timing of this story coming up again just seems convenient to me, you know, right after the Super Bowl. Of course, this is the time of year football's over. Baseball hasn't started. Neither the NBA or the NHL has hit their stretch run. We haven't even had the Daytona 500 yet. The story is given extra life on sports talk radio and in editorial columns, needing to fill space. But it's been a very long time, and after the matter has been put to rest as a result of two different legal settlements, finding the truth 20 years later just seems very unlikely to me. So his name gets dragged through the mud, fair or unfair, just as hers is and was. But what troubles me is at the height of the Super Bowl frenzy, I kept seeing people on social media posting about his faith, posting about what a good example he is. By the way, I haven't seen those posts lately. I saw quotes attached to his name that would suggest he was a believer in Christ. Those are quotes, by the way, which I haven't been able to verify. Now let me take this opportunity to tell you, I'm not a journalist. I don't pretend to be a journalist. We're just some guys, sports fans really, with a heartbeat for combining sports and faith in a radio platform, using the stories from sports to tell as many people as we can about Jesus Christ. But I say that to say this, that I take very seriously the things we do say on this program. I don't repeat things I'm uncertain of. And I'm very careful about portraying someone to be a Christian if I can't find supporting evidence of it. Jesus said in Matthew 7.16 that you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles, he asks? Then he follows that up in verses 17 and 18 by pointing out that every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. It ought to make you ask yourself, what kind of tree am I? If you're a Christian, do you have fruit in your life to prove it? Is there a desire to love people, to serve people? Is there a desire for the things of God? What is your first instincts? Are they Godward? I often use this analogy, and those who know me already know where I'm going with this. If you have an apple tree in your yard, and it's not giving you apples, There's only two possibilities. It's either unhealthy or diseased in some way, or it's not an apple tree. If you're a Christian and there's no fruit in your life, then you're either unhealthy or you're not a Christian. By the way, that ought to make you run to God in prayer to get that thing figured out. If you can't find fruit in your life, 
and you're not sure if you're a Christian, you ought to be on your knees in prayer asking God and just trying to figure that thing out. Work out your salvation, the Bible says. Jesus says in that same chapter, Matthew chapter 7, Depart from me, talking to people who preached his name. Depart from me, I never knew you. It's one thing to say you're a Christian, it's another thing to have fruit in your life to point to it. I was happy for Peyton Manning when he and the Broncos won the Super Bowl. You know, I wanted to see him go out on top, and I hope he still does. I hope he retires, I hope he goes out at top. Makes for a feel-good story. And how appropriate is it, by the way, that it's the Denver Broncos, a la John Elway? While I saw the many social media posts and even had a few people come up and tell me personally different things that they heard or things, reasons that they had to believe that Peyton Manning was a believer, I didn't discourage anyone, nor did I say anything to the contrary. Frankly, I don't know one way or the other. You know, Peyton Manning's a lot like Derek Jeter and some others that we've known They're a product in some sense of marketing, of an image, they're a reputation. Few of us knowing the real human behind those personas. And who really knows a man's heart apart from God himself anyway? It's not for me to say who's a true believer and who's not. Jesus did instruct us to make disciples. But Hebrews 5.12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. Some believers have matured to the point where they're competent discussing and teaching complex theological concepts. Others, not so much, but there's plenty other less complex concepts which they do have a good grasp on. But there are others still whose words and actions give you no sense at all that they're believers in Christ. It's these people who, since I don't know if they have or have not placed their faith in Christ, I see no evidence, so I continue to share the gospel with them, hoping that they will come to Christ. They will get saved. So I don't know enough about Peyton Manning to know if he's a true believer or not. I reserve comment apart from going back to the words of Christ who said, you will know them by their fruit. We have no doubts about a guy like Tim Tebow. And while there are some things in Russell Wilson's life that give me pause, I'm, I'm fairly confident by his outspokenness that he too has a very real faith in Jesus. For these two men, the fruit is evident, not only in their actions, but in their words. In fact, you're not surprised to hear me reference a Tim Tebow or Russell Wilson. Their reputation precedes them. But some listening are very surprised to hear Peyton Manning brought up in a faith-based conversation. Not because he's a bad guy necessarily, but because he hasn't given you anything really to go on. Immediately following the Super Bowl win, I heard Peyton Manning talking about what he called were his priorities. Family was one, and I see plenty of evidences of him being a family man. But beer was another one. Budweiser in particular. I'll take some time to reflect. I got a couple of priorities first. I want to go kiss my wife and my kids. I want to go, you know, hug my family. I'm going to drink a lot of Budweiser tonight, Tracy. I promise you that. And this isn't the should the Christian drink alcohol discussion. But Peyton wasn't just having a beer. He said he was having lots of beer. Maybe an unfortunate choice of words. Regardless of where you fall out on whether a Christian should or should not drink alcohol, Drunkenness is clearly sinful in the Bible. 
You are not being a good example by telling the world that lots of beer is your priority. It is not evidence of fruit in your life to have lots of beer as your priority. Now, my intent is not to question whether or not Peyton Manning is a Christian. I truly haven't a clue. My intent is simply two things. One, to point out that we need to be discerning who we believe is a Christian, so that if they're not, we continue to share the gospel. To assume someone is saved when you don't see any shred of evidence in their life, and therefore never share the gospel with them because you think they're saved even though you see no evidence, I think that's irresponsible. I think we need to be discerning who we believe is a Christian. I don't want to tell you that Peyton Manning is a Christian, and then based on his comments that lots of beer is his priority, have you then determined that that's an acceptable compromise of what God says in his word? Because it's not. Just because somebody says God, because they thank God for their health, they thank God for the ability to play the game, I thank God for this situation, doesn't make them a Christian. Most of our nation believes in God. Most of the world believes in a God. It's the name of Jesus that gets my attention. It's when somebody says, Jesus gave his life for me. When somebody uses Jesus, they use Christ, they use the blood of Calvary, they use the cross. When they use one of these such phrases, now they've got my attention because there's something about the name of Jesus that causes people hesitation. Unless they're a believer, they don't often like to use that word. God is another matter. A lot of people believe in God, but Jesus is the difference maker. I also think that the eternal destination of each person's soul is so critical, so urgent. Let's not forget that God gave his only son to die on the cross for those souls. That while all believers should be building up disciples, unless you see evidence of a faith in a person's life, then you need to start leading that person to Christ. Continue giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just because they say God, don't immediately go on social media and say this person is a Christian. Look for fruit. Look for evidence. Their lifestyle ought to back it up. But the second thing I want to point out by bringing this discussion up is that if you are a believer, your actions, your words need to reflect the light of Christ. We need to live our lives pointing people to Jesus. If there are people who know that you're a Christian, then to do anything in a manner unworthy of the name of Jesus is to sin by taking the name of the Lord in vain. You need to live in a manner worthy of the name of Christ. Now, of course, we're all going to mess up from time to time, but that should immediately drive us to our knees looking for forgiveness from God. Have you come to a place in your life where you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Will you trust in Jesus today? If you haven't done that, pray to God and admit that you're a sinner in need of forgiveness. Listen, we've all sinned. We know it. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Turn away from them. Leave them in the past. Start anew, knowing that Jesus not only paid your debt to sin at Calvary's cross, but he rose from the grave victorious over death. And that by making that decision today to give your life to Christ, he gives you eternal life with him in heaven, saving you from the torment in hell forever trying to pay the debt of your sin. 
which you cannot do. Jesus knew no sin. He did not have to die. He owed death nothing. Yet he went to the cross willingly, because you and I did sin. And you and I did owe death a price. But he took that price. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's Romans 10.9. I hope you'll make that decision. I hope you'll trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you do make that decision, we'd love to hear about it. Please let us know via our website. We'd like to be able just to pray for you. So glad you're with us. This is Beyond the Game. Everyone, listen up. We have said it time and time again on this show, and it's never been more true than right now. Our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, and we would say this even if they weren't giving us money because they're the best, just not as often. They have a solution for you. Are stink bugs bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape from the cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs or know someone that does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They will be in and out, inconveniencing you a lot less than those pesky critters have. And unlike some other popular pest control companies in the area, Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. They also won't make you leave your house for days and weeks. A few hours at the very most is all they need. Don't delay. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I saw an awesome video this week. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. I don't believe what I just saw. Yes, that's awesome. So one of the sports talk shows that are also on television, they do the simulcast, they were showing this video of a news report for WTVD television out of North Carolina of a North Carolina State college student who came in last place in his fantasy football league. The consequence for Mike Fuller is now spending 30 hours inside a Waffle House in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm here because my fantasy football league uh, has a rule that if you come in last place, 
then you have to spend 30 straight hours inside of Waffle House. Unfortunately, I lost and came in last place. I don't know about you, but I'm a fan of the Waffle House, although I'm not sure 30 straight hours would be what I was into. And one customer who met Fuller at the restaurant, he didn't seem convinced that this was a wise wager to make. That's one bet I won't be doing. He didn't get out of here till Saturday morning. That's crazy. So basically the customer was telling Mike Fuller, that's shenanigans. Don't make that kind of bet. Which leads me into shenanigans. Zach, why don't you give us a couple of statements here and we'll either agree or call shenanigans on it. As we mentioned earlier, on Tuesday night, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Radko Gudis was ejected from his second game in two weeks for an illegal hit to an opponent's head. When a player like Gudis repeats an offense in such a short time, he should immediately receive a lengthy suspension. Obviously, I agree. However, I need to qualify it. It needs to be reviewed by the league, which it is, because if a player does get such a penalty... Opponents are going to target that player over the next few games, trying to push him into that second penalty. Mm -hmm. And an illegal hit's an illegal hit, but if somebody is baiting him, that should be factored in as well. I agree, absolutely. Uh, Gudis has already been suspended this season, but for whatever reason, he's not considered a repeat offender by the NHL, even though he's been doing this for years. Look, it's the same reason that there shouldn't be fighting in hockey. You can't pretend to care about concussions and player safety, but then allow fighting or blatant headshots like this. Guys like Gudis don't even belong in the league. Former Major League pitcher John Hudek's daughter, Sarah, got the win in a college baseball game, striking out the side in an inning of work. Truth or shenanigans, there will eventually be a female pitcher in the Major Leagues. I call shenanigans. Like it or not, baseball is an old boys club. There is no sport that's as committed to keeping things the way they've always been as baseball is. And if they don't even want the DH in the National League, there's no way any scout would recommend a female player to his club. I could see a team maybe having a top female player pitch an inning in a minor league spring training game as a gimmick, but there's just no way that it happens as anything more than that. Oh, I don't know. You use the word eventually, so I agree. I think eventually there will be. I think you're going to see the DH sooner than later. I mean, in a pitcher, seems to me to be the best fit in all of sports for a female player because if a pitcher plays every few days, there isn't that same level of disadvantage physically Mm -hmm. for a female. I don't think they'll throw at the same velocity, but if they can make the ball move and they can get people out, someone's eventually going to give a female player her shot. Certainly not calling Jamie Moyer a girl, but he was able to make a career with very low velocity. He made a career out of it. Third, boneless wings are better than regular wings. Shenanigans. What? Uh, Shenanigans. I prefer a dry rub, okay, as opposed to a saucy, wet mess. So maybe it's easier for me to to not mind picking them up. I don't mind picking them up. I I don't want to get covered all in sauce. But I just don't think wings were ever intended to be eaten with a fork. That said, all wings matter, Zach, and... (laughs) <laughs> I'll sit at a table whether they're boneless or on the bone. I agree. Uh, absolutely, 100%. Boneless wings, it's the greatest invention since chunky peanut butter. They're roughly the same size as regular chicken wings, but they're all meat. And in some places, they're even cheaper than standard wings. What's not to love about boneless wings? Yeah, but I've been out eating wings with you numerous times. Neither one of us care. No. If they're going to bring us meat in any fashion... Yeah. They're usually pretty good. If you accidentally bring me wings with the bones in them, I'm not sending them back. I'm going to eat those wings. 
Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest this week is everyone should get to play mindset. The, the mindset that everybody should get to play that is so prevalent in our culture today. For instance, the NCAA, which gives automatic bids next month to conferences and teams who have no business traveling to wherever they're going to travel to, to get pummeled by a number one seed. Specifically, though, I'm referring to the Section 5 high school basketball tournament here in western New York. Now, this idea is that there are too many teams is not unique to me, nor did it even originate with me, but I do absolutely agree. Do you know that this week there were scores? High school kids traveling significant distance, in late winter no less, to get beaten by scores like 94-45, 7326, 7324, and 71 to 21. Man, there are just too many teams. The hard reality is that everything is not for everyone and everybody doesn't get to do everything. We don't all get to play center field for the New York Yankees or get to sing at Madison Square Garden. Society should get back to teaching our young people that a participation trophy is not really an award. New York Section 5 Basketball Tournament, and anyone else who enables an everyone-gets-to-do-everything philosophy is my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is the Drunken Pranksters on the Isle of Wight, which I believe is Britain, but I confess I'm not sure. These drunken pranksters stole a giant Triceratops statue from a Jurassic Garden store (laughs) and left it in the middle of a street overnight. The giant, realistic-looking model dinosaur weighs so much that it requires a crew of at least five men to move. The theft was discovered when a late-night traveler suddenly found a giant triceratops in his headlights. You sent me that picture, and I got to tell you, if it's late at night and I come around the corner and see this dinosaur. Now, I I realize dinosaurs haven't been around for many years, but that's still going to freak me out. Just something of that size in the middle. It's going to take you a couple of seconds to get your wits to you. Yeah, it's massive, and it looks so realistic. Yeah, here you are driving along at night in the dark, and suddenly there's a dinosaur in front of you. That'd be terrifying. That would make me soil my pants. (laughs) If I could get serious just for a minute before we wrap up the show, I want to tell you about some friends of Zach and his family, Doug and Julia. Julia is a mom with four kids under the age of five, a 28-year-old mom who needs triple bypass, a kidney transplant, and a pancreas replacement. I just want to bring that before you and ask for your prayers for that family if you would remember them in prayer, and if you feel so led, um, they could use your financial support. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash Julia's Heart. For the GoFundMe page, it's uh, also been posted on our Twitter account for the show and on our Facebook account and on my personal Twitter as well. I'll tell you, this is a family in need right now, and uh, we just want to bring them before you. I do want to thank you for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson and the guys sent you. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson, Lord willing. We'll be right here next week at this very same time. 